Hallelujah. Praise God. Glory to Jesus. Don't lose temper for a few minutes. Thank you for all good you have given to us. We are putting the end of the second month of this year. And just like the year beginning to pass by, thank God for the fact that we are still alive. Thank God. Because if it is really not easy, they have to work for every day. People who are living lives like as though they should have died a long time ago. The life they are living now, it is worse than being in hell. But Lord, we are thankful that we are not all these people. We are thankful for what you are doing with us. We are what you are doing in us. We are thankful for what you are doing through us. And we are thankful for what you are doing for us. So just thank you. Just thank you. Just that we have prayed. Father, we thank you for bringing us to the last Sunday of the month of February. We know it's not by our might, we know it's not by our strength, we know it's not by our planning or by our intelligence, but rather by your spirit and by the fact that you have said that there is no work for us to do. So, Lord, we thank you. Save it, I exalt in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we pray that for the rest of our days, let it be spent pleasing you in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I pray that the hearts of men are receptive to what you want to say unto them in the name of Jesus. And I offer myself up as a vessel for use in the name of Jesus. Grant me all chance to speak your word in the name of Jesus. And let your word come with power. Let your word come with effect in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, let your presence be here. In Jesus' name we have prayed. You may be seated, everybody. Wait. Oh, sorry. Please stand up. Please stand up. Please just stand up. Sorry. Um, I would like for us to meet one person. Just go to anybody and just tell the person welcome to church. You can choose to leave your seat up. Hallelujah. Praise God. Okay, so this is our topic for today the act of effective Bible study. Praise God. So, what we are going to do is that we are going to treat a series, a three part series that will start now and end two weeks from now. Praise God. So the Sunday after this coming Sunday, that is 14 days from now, we will, run, we will finish the topic. Praise God. Now, this is on, I believe this is one of the um, topics that are very, very, very um, important for a believer to have a very good understanding of because it sets the pace and the direction and the quality of life that it can live. Praise the Lord. The thing is that when you are when you are someone who has learned how to study the word systematically and to apply it into real life um, situations and applications, you will find that that you can rule, just as the Lord has said, 
whereby Judah too for the Holy Spirit said that we will reign as kings in life. Praise God. So this is why the Spirit of the Lord is bringing this topic on you. He's bringing this topic to us now. And I am praying, I'm also hoping that our hearts are receptive because this is the kind of or every topic normally, every sermon, every teaching, every preaching has capacity to change your life. But this one can set a guide for how you're for how you're going to spend the rest of your life. So please let us be very open and let us take this very seriously. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. So having said that, we will start. Like I've said. It's a series that we have taken. So I'm going to drop the series outline for us to I'll go to drop the series outline that will guide that will guide us in the course of this of the series. Praise God. So everything I'm going to say will be within the outline. So let us start. Please get your pen and get your paper as well. Ensure you are jotting, ensure you are writing things down because it's going to be more like a class. Praise, praise Jesus. And please also endeavor to invite other people too, because I really and truly believe that it can actually bless someone. And I'm hoping that you are that person. So, the first part, which we'll be taking today, understanding biblical illiteracy. Understanding biblical illiteracy. Then the next one will be the effects of biblical illiteracy in society. The effects of biblical illiteracy in society. Next, if you can draw up the series outline as I'm talking, I'll really appreciate that. Okay, the first one understanding biblical illiteracy. The second one. The effects of biblical illiteracy of biblical illiteracy in society. That's what we are going to take today. Then part two will be what is the Bible? And from there we will continue to the characteristics of the word, the characteristics of the Bible. And then effective Bible study techniques. Effective Bible study techniques. Then part three would be getting each work in Bible study. Getting each work in Bible study. We look at the different ways we can miss the word. And his, and, and his uh, interpretation. And the last one will be confronting errors, heresies, and false prophecies. Confronting errors, heresies, and false prophecy. Heresy is false doctrine. Like if I say Jesus did not die, that's heresy. Praise God. That's a series outline for uh, the sermon. So we'll start now. I sense 
a I sent an article to the group yesterday. How many of us read it? How many of us opened the article and actually read it? Okay, nobody. Praise God. Praise God. Anyway, I, I want to give us an assignment as well. When we are done with today's topic, please kindly go to your houses or go to your city place and read out Psalm 119. Psalm 119 and meditate on it. Praise Jesus. So, biblical illiteracy. What is biblical illiteracy? And why are we considering it today? It is a situation whereby one is unable to understand the nature, the character, and the operations of God. Hallelujah. A situation whereby one is unable to understand the nature, the character, and the workings of God because he does not know how to read the Bible or how to study the Bible systematically. Biblical illiteracy. Biblical illiteracy is a situation whereby one cannot understand the nature of God, the character of God, and his operations because the person does not know how to read the Bible and the person does not know how to study the Bible systematically. God. So, um, in our Christian graduate, in our Christian body, the church is currently from a very serious pandemic, and there is a need for us. Hallelujah! Praise God. There is a need for us to tackle this issue because it's going to get to the point that it's going to affect so many, many things, and it is built now. And it has confirmed that over 90% of the global Christian population, hallelujah, percent of the global Christian population is biblically illiterate. 90%. That means that out of 100 Christians in the world, as, an, as a case study, 90 of them cannot read the Bible or cannot even study the Bible. Hallelujah. And how the way how the people who conducted the survey were able to do were able to know this was that they asked them simple questions on the Bible on Christianity and they found out that most of the time these people were not able to get it right because they were mainly talking about personal they were really talking about personal opinions. And so they started asking them some simple, simple questions and they were not able to answer it. And I want to ask for some of those questions. So, we're going to do an exercise now. Number one. Name the four gospel accounts. Name the four gospel accounts. In the Bible. Write them down. Saying well. Name the four gospel accounts. 
number one. Number two, identify at least three disciples of Jesus Christ. Identify at least three disciples of Jesus Christ. Of if you're not lighter. Three disciples. And please don't put Peter, James, and John. Please don't put them. Number three, mention five of the Ten Commandments of the Bible. They are laughing. Mm. Mm. Mention five of them, the Ten Commandments. The next question. Okay. Mention five of the Ten Commandments in the Bible. Those are God Moses. Who was written on them? Next five of them. Hallelujah. Have you written them? Okay. The next one. Write down the fruits of the Spirit. Down the fruits of the Spirit. And the last one. This one it came from me. Write at least six books from the Old Testament and six books from the New Testament. So, we have one minute to finish. Oh. I'm giving us one minute. Seven seconds to go. Three, two, one. Stop. Another one. Another one. Okay, one more minute. The last one. Write down at least six books from the Old Testament and six books from the New Testament. In case those first ones were beings to you. Some of us are not actually participating in the exercise. Oh, you you know everything. Time's up. So, we are done. Praise God. Now, the first question I asked, name the four gospel accounts. 
Oh tadi Sisa Jelam Oh dijual aja Oke Matthew Mark Luke and John Please vote Now It will shock you But Fewer than half Of all Christian adults Can actually answer that question Yes Yes Fewer than half Of all the Christians In this world Are called themselves believers Or just from our Christians They cannot answer that question Please vote I want to drop some statistics here to buttress my point. It is said that it's one percent of Americans believe that the primary thing the Bible teaches is how to take care of a family. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are we following? It's one percent of Americans believe that the Bible, that the primary thing the Bible teaches is how to take care of a family. Point one. Point two, 19, 90% of Americans read the Bible every day. 19%. Then, 26% read the Bible a few times a week. 14% read the Bible only on Sunday. 22% read the Bible at least once in a month. And 18% have not even touched the Bible. Praise God. Now, it's not, it's not an American problem, because I've seen America. In Britain, Great Britain, one in one out of three children don't know Bible stories. They do not know the Bible stories, common Bible stories. Hallelujah. So, we are seeing, seeing an issue in, I'm also seeing a issue, an issue in Great Britain. So, what of Nigeria now? Well, as it comes, I've not been able to get anything in Nigeria because probably the study hasn't gotten here yet. However, the fact is that if something is wrong with America, it's going to eventually enter into Nigeria or it may have already entered into it. Praise God. Because the way their own culture is, it, it influences our own culture. So anything that happens in America can likely come to Nigeria. So it is not, um, I will not be wrong. If I were to say that that biblical illiteracy is also present in Nigeria, praise God, praise Jesus. So, what is the point? The point is that too many Christians are not reading their Bibles. Too many Christians are not studying the Word. Too many Christians don't even value the Word, and it's a very, very sad thing. It's a very sad thing. Now, you think that biblical literacy is supposed to be the condition of an unbeliever, but the sad truth is that it's a spiritual condition that is for the Christian. The natural state of the unbeliever is that he does not even know uh, he does not even know the spiritual things, according to First Corinthians chapter two verse fourteen. So we are noticing that there is a pattern that is set, and. If we are not careful, it is going to come whereby the knowledge of God would end up becoming weird or endangered. Hallelujah. Praise God. God Joshua. Please, praise God. Are we getting something? So, when I heard this, I was actually very pained. I was very, very disturbed because it means that many of us don't even know God. I mean, I come here 
we now start praising God, we start doing, we start praying, we start doing many, many things. But when it comes to having a vibrant relationship with God, when it comes to knowing about Him, our knowledge about Him is close to seven. Hallelujah. So, I hope the time will not come whereby even CRS will be difficult to pass in our country. Praise Jesus. Now, what are the symptoms of biblical illiteracy? The first one is that you cannot explain the fundamental doctrines of the foundational doctrines of Christianity. You cannot explain the foundational doctrines of Christianity. simple you cannot explain you cannot explain the foundational doctrines of christianity like those things christianity talks about you don't know anything about them are we there number two my version the first one you cannot explain the foundational doctrines christianity those things that are that are precious to us, those things that without them, Christianity would be nothing. You cannot explain them. You don't even know about them. The second symptom: you struggle to read the Bible consistently. You struggle to read the Bible consistently. You struggle to read the Bible consistently. The third one, you don't know common characters, stories, or passages. You don't know common characters, stories, or passages. And I want to, actually, I want to do an experiment with that one. Hallelujah. Sister Mitchell. You, you man. I want to ask you a question. Okay. Who was called the twin in the Bible? Yes. The twin. Like EPG. Who was called the twin in the Bible? Okay. The hint is that who was called the twin? Not like who was a twin. Who was called the twin? The hint is that the person. Ah. Hallelujah. Okay, let me change the question. Thank you, the question. Um. Okay. There's a common story that all of us should know. Um. At what time did Gideon destroy the idol, the bow idol? At what time? Was it in the morning? Was it in the afternoon? Was it in the night? In the night? Or was it, was it in the afternoon? Or when it just woke up? Or in the evening? In the evening? Hallelujah. Praise God. I'm just trying to get us to understand something that some of these things, yes, 
by the grace of God, I don't believe that is a really an issue here. But in the latter society, it's a very, very difficult. If we were to do Bible quiz competition, it would shock. But many people cannot even answer simple, simple questions on the Bible. Many people don't even know um, characters in the Bible. For example, now, one Bible question I usually I know of is how many sons and daughters did you have? And how many sons did they have? From seven sons and three daughters. Praise God. God. Glory to Jesus. I'm just trying to drive us something. I'm just trying to drive us something. Just to let us know that yes, it's looking as though it does not really consign us, but it actually consigns you. Because your child is going to grow up in that situation eventually. Whereby people don't actually know how to study God and how to approach God. They don't even know his nature at all. Praise Jesus. So we've looked at Bible literacy and the symptoms. But then let's look at the effects. And that is what I'm going to really focus on. Praise God. So the first effect, a lack of conviction. A lack of conviction. Okay, so I read a book on the Jewish culture. The title of that book is Jewish, The Jewish Phenomenon. And the author was saying that normally from an early age, the Jewish children are encouraged to ask questions on Judaism, the religion that they practice, the religion that the Jews practice. They are encouraged to ask different kinds of questions from the most absurd to the reasonable questions. And even the teachers will be asking them questions as well. Now this kind of culture is not strange because Luke chapter, in Luke chapter 2, we find Jesus in the temple asking the teachers different questions and also responding to some of the questions that they were giving. And in that kind of environment, what that thing will do is that it will stimulate critical thinking and logical reasoning in that child. Hallelujah. Praise God. So, the Jews from an early age are encouraged are to ask questions normally. Questions that are, whether they are reasonable or not, just bring them to the table and they'll be answered. And you will find out that the effects of this has caused an increased level of memory concentration, retention, strategic planning, course, and thinking intelligently. Oh, Jews. Hallelujah. It, it has enabled them to improve memory concentration, their memory retention, how much they remember things, their ability to plan strategically, their focus, and their ability to think intelligently. Praise God. Now, and the result of that is that Companies like Google and Facebook are actually owned by Jewish people. Just because they used to ask questions in their they used to ask questions about their religion. Praise God. The founder of Facebook is a Jew, Mansukopek. He practices Judaism. The founders of Google too, they are Jews. And even there is a movie cinema, you should know about it, DreamWorks was actually created by a Jew, founded by a Jew, Steve Spielberg. All these things because they just ask simple, simple, simple questions about what, about who the God of the, of the nation is, who the God of Israel is. 
physically. Praise Jesus. You can see how simple that thing is. And look at the results he's bringing out. He improves their brain, their brain ability. Hallelujah. And let us begin to the Christian culture now. Let us begin to the Christian culture. How many of us in our families did regular Bible study? How many of us? Apparently, nobody. How many of us attend a school regularly? If you know you went to school regularly every week. Ah. Hallelujah. You can see the issue. We are not with the from an early age, the, the Christian child is not really really encouraged to go and learn about God. That that curiosity that's supposed to have is is just um is chilled because we live in an environment whereby we cannot ask reasonable questions about our faith. And the result of that is that we lack conviction on who this thing called God is. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Some of us from an early age we've been we've been having some of us from an early age would have had some very important questions talks about God. And when we will now come to our fathers or our mothers or even our pastor, we can eh, this question is too much is too much for you to handle. It's bigger than you. Don't don't ask the question. Has anybody found themselves in that situation? Whether you be asking questions regularly, but you get shut down by the system. And why is that? It's because I don't want to blame anybody. I it's all due respect. And I believe that well, now that we have highlighted the problem, we need to address it so that the next generation will not, will not also struggle with it. I believe that our parents, basically, and our older ones didn't really consider the Bible to be important to them. They didn't consider reading the Bible to be important. Praise God. So when you're now in an environment whereby you you are interested in this person called God, but you are looking everywhere and nobody can really ask anything about it. What are you to do? Do you think that you still have interest in it? Or when people talk to you about God and the challenges of life should now come, the dynamics of all the nice that okay, call me. Why did this man die? Why did this happen? Why did this happen? We answer that. Eh, it is God's will. God's time is the best. Man can propose. God will dispose. Such such things they are beyond our understanding. So just just accept it. Do you really think that that person, after he has said that, would want to be that kind of God that can just do whatever he wants without human input or without human um without without involving the human person there? Do you really think so? Praise God. I'm about to enter some people. Praise God. There are times that there were times different situations came to us, and when we tried asking questions, we couldn't get a reasonable answer. And for some of us, those questions were not answered. That we began to start having issues with God Himself. We began to start having grudges with God. Hallelujah. I know of a sister who was a was a believer, but she went she later went into atheism. And when I tried to engage with her, she was telling me that there were some things that she there were some expenses that she had 
that did not align to the God of the Bible, to what people have said to her about God. And so she distanced herself from him. Praise God. Praise God. And yet the bad thing, your children would also come and ask you those questions. And if you cannot answer those questions, they themselves will continue to go through that cycle that they are going through presently. Hallelujah. Praise God. Somebody, a, the story is said of a, a young girl asking her mother a question about God. And this mother, she was a Christian, but she did not go to church. And she could not answer the question. And the woman, and the girl, when she became a woman, let up believing God. I cannot remember what happened to her, but we have seen instances where the reason why atheism is becoming um, is on the increase now is because people don't have questions, people don't know how to answer questions about God. I'm not talking about the, I'm not talking about, yes, there's a part of the arguing about the whole thing, the apologetic part, but there's also a part whereby somebody is willing to actually seek after this God. There's nobody to keep that person there. Praise God. And so, when the challenges of life happen to you now, when things start happening to you personally, what conviction do you do you have that would enable you to stay here? Starting, if you are now, she tell you to go and withdraw from the university. The IGP should just drop. I'm not saying it's going to happen. But if something difficult should happen to you now, what what have you what have you learned about God that will keep you there? Don't, don't, don't need to answer the question. What have you learned about it that will keep you there? Hallelujah. What is it about him? What have, you, what have we studied about him that will prevent us from wavering? And here's the thing. God is bigger than your questions. God is bigger than your questions. In fact, if you, if you, if you were a child, you know that that, that spirit of curiosity is there. The reason why it's here is because number one, you are in an environment you know virtually nothing about. And you be, as you're asking questions, you are receiving information about how to engage the environment. But ultimately, all that curiosity is there for you to actually become closer to God. Hallelujah. Even, even God himself said in the book of Jeremiah chapter 33, he said, I've come to me. And I will show you great and mighty things that thou do not know. The fact is that one of the reasons why God is so attracted to us is because there is something about Him that He knows that we don't know. And we have seen that He actually has that information. So He calls us, He calls us through those different nudges. But when He calls us through those questions and body to answer them, what are we to do? I manage. Praise God. Praise God. So, look at that. Look at an instance now. The issue of homosexuality and lesbianism, the issues of them, they are And imagine your child now should come to you and ask you that, Mommy, they said that, I believe, Mommy, if we come to the and they ask us for our gender, our own gender, and they put male, female, male transgender, female transgender, gay, lesbian, Mommy, you said that they not God, um, they, you said that God doesn't like homosexuality. But this is idea. How do I, I, how, how do I reconcile that? Hallelujah. If 
that question should be asked to you. How can you answer the question? What can you say about it? Praise God. People now have people now have different questions about God. And the fact is that as believers, we're supposed to be doing that have the most accurate knowledge of him as possible. So if people now come to you and you cannot even say anything with them about him, how do you expect them to even come to him in the first place? Praise God. One of the reasons we should study the Bible is to build up our convictions. Remember, two houses were built. One was built on work, the other was built on sand. A time came where the challenges of life happened, and the one that and the house that was in sand fell. And which was that for? The one that stood on work was there because the person had taken time to understand about Jesus Christ and about the things that were signed. And so when those challenges of life came, he had the capacity because of the conviction that he built into him. Praise God. Praise Jesus. Are we getting somewhere? Are we getting something? It's an important issue because if we don't have any conviction, then what why what is why are we not why not a Christian? What are the reason for you being a Christian? The Christian the Christian faith encourages questions. Praise God. It encourages the use of logic and reason. It encourages it. If a pastor should come to you and start saying nonsense, please take time to reason it out to think about it. Christians are not unthinking. Praise God. Christians are not dull. They take time to think. They take time to think. They take time to meditate. That's why meditation is there. For you to ponder about those questions and about those things that are of interest to you about God. Hallelujah. Moses, your Moses, the Moses that we all look up to as the as a, as the freedom fighter of Israel. When he when he had an encounter with God, he said that Lord, what name? What what is the name that you should give to me? That when the people of Israel should, that when I should meet those people, what I should give to them? And he gave him that name, Gideon, as timid as we call it, as we call it, said that sir, sir, eh, see. What, what you are going to, the best you are going to do is a big one. But I cannot go until you, you, you show a proof of yourself to me. Even Paul, Paul himself said, Nevertheless, I am not ashamed. I, I suffer this sins, but I am not ashamed. For I know who I believe. And I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him until the last day. That persuasion came from taking it out critically. Hallelujah. So when you have the questions, don't just have, don't just ignore them. Don't just avoid them. Ask people and take them to reason about. You can even ask them. Hallelujah. There was one time I was having an issue with something. I did not really see it long before. But later, as I as I started to go, I'm so good. I started having issues with it. So I was like, God, what is the reason for this? Why why is this thing wrong? Or why is this thing right? I didn't find it in the scripture. I did not find it in the scripture. We're not, in, we're not written directly in the scripture. But as a result of knowing him, and, 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 and as a result of studying the scripture regularly, eventually I arrived at the conviction. And one of the reasons I know that conviction is true is because other people, other Christians, 
also share in that conviction. Praise God. Praise God. So that's the first symptom. So that's the first effect. A generation of Christians who don't know God and don't have convictions about Him. So they have no reason to be a Christian in the first place. The second one. An increase, an increase in lawlessness. An increase in lawlessness. Hallelujah. An increase in lawlessness. Or in evil being perpetrated on the earth. He said that we are the light of the world, right? Jesus said that we are the light of the world and the salt of the earth. But one of the ways we receive light is through the word. Abi, for the word, the word is a light unto my feet and a lamp to my path. So, one of the ways I receive light as a Christian is from the word. And if I want to become a light, that light has to first dwell in me. So, what if I don't have that light? What would that make me be? Would the light I have a mission? I'm supposed to have. Praise God. Now we know that um, Jesus Christ is the light of the world. We know that everything, 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 when it, every, when, when it comes to knowledge, when it comes to information, when it comes to understanding, everything flows from Him first as the source. And as we believers, we're supposed to take up that source. It's just like the sun and the moon relationship. Everything you are seeing now, all the lights are seeing now, the natural light, it comes from the sun. But when the sun is not present, the moon would reflect some of that light. We first absorb the light, we will now reflect upon the earth, and then we will not be able to see at night. Hallelujah. That is the way the Christian is supposed to be. Supposed to receive light from God, and then become a light to his society as well. Praise God. But if that light does not shine, then, it's going to, then darkness is going to set in the society. Have you ever been in a place whereby you, you found yourself with a Christian and it just felt like as though there was God present here? Like the presence of God was so strong in that place. No one is answering. No one is answering. God bless you. I find yourself in that situation. That you just met a believer and you really, and the believer didn't even say anything to you, but there was this atmosphere that was surrounding that believer that was like that was like as though the presence of the Lord was present here. If not, but, hallelujah. There are sometimes that you come across some people that you will never see anything, but just by the just by looking at them, you begin to become pricked internally, like your conscience be judging you inwardly. You don't even know what you are doing, but like as though they are not even saying anything, you know. they don't know whether you are engaging in one kind of thing or the other. But just because they are with you, everything about you begins to shake. So you now start trying to run. It's because that person has absorbed so much light to the point that he is now a carrier of the presence of God. And anywhere the presence of the Lord is, their intentions and the acts of men, they are revealed. And the result is that you either flee or you stay there. God. So that is how the spirit of conviction will be working through us. Whereby we come to a place 
and then whatever if that was being done stops being done because everybody like this guy they don't he does not accept to it or maybe people are, people were talking about right or maybe people were talking about um, examination of practice and we now entered into their garden all of them are kept quiet and it's not like as though they even know you but because they have because somehow they managed to scan your life and they saw that this guy he cannot it does not it does not really agree with what we are saying so let's just keep quiet praise god but that came from diligent study diligent study learning about god and being transformed by him and so if if every believer is able to actually attain to that level i would believe that many criminals will be repentant eventually i believe that evil will not be done any longer because those people will begin to be uncomfortable in that presence so that they will want to run or they will repent from their actions are you getting something do we consider it possible do we consider it possible because that is possible. Good. Thank Jesus. Glory to Jesus. We are almost done. We are almost done. So the last one that I will discuss for today. A lack of, of a, sorry, a lack of understanding. A lack of understanding. The Bible reveals what God can do, what God wants to do, and what God will do. And it's also through the Bible that we are able to understand the ordinances of God, the precepts of God, His nature, His character, and other things that concern Him. It's through the Bible that we are able to have a hold on His dealings with man. Praise God. And it is important for us to know, because God is not going to change His patterns of, of, of operation. Rather, it's supposed to be you that would adapt to his methods. And so, if God wants to use somebody, if you find that person has, has enough spiritual intelligence to be able to adapt to the demands of God and to his patterns for working. Hallelujah. So, when one stays in the world regularly, it strengthens that consecration that is upon your head. Praise God. Praise God. I mean, imagine now, if I want somebody to do something for me, and the person does not know how I do my... Or imagine now, if I have an apprentice, yes, if I have an apprentice, and I'm working, and this person does not know how to do... I don't... A plus. At least you, you did make a... You did make a work. You are actually... Okay. Your apprentice showed you how to do it now. I mean, your um, what your boss showed you how to do it because he showed you that was why if you trust you to actually do it, to do it now. So what if you didn't? What if you did not know? Would you be able to do it? Why? You spoil this car, Abi. Praise God. In the same vein, if we are not aware of the way God does His stuff, God cannot find us vessels to use. Hallelujah. So let us say 100 percent, I mean 90 percent of Christians are biblical, are biblically illiterate. Do we really expect God to start using them to put it on the earth? Hallelujah. 
So that means that God's pool of men that he can use has become reduced to just 10%. Ah, it's a very deep thing. Hallelujah. So God just has 10%. So God just has just 10% of the global Christian population to use to do major things on the earth. Just because they don't take time to study the Bible. Hallelujah. We all want the power. We want the manifestation. We want God to do different kinds of things. But what's it? But when we don't stay in the world, we cannot expect Him to, to use us to do anything. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. Let me continue to have what I wanted to say. But then we should continue. The very big issue. Can't just wait. The zeal for the word should eat us up. The zeal for the word should eat us up. The zeal for the word should eat us up. Jesus, you may have read. Too many Christians have been cheated. They've been cheated because the life they were supposed to live, the life God had in mind for them to live, they're not able to live it out because they didn't study the word. It's like in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3, that blessed be God, blessed be God who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. That means in the, in, the, in the eye of God, God sees you as a king. God sees you as someone who is mighty. God sees you as a person that is good with power, with authority, and with influence. But in the real life situation, yeah, you. Yeah, no, we are, we are not even we are not even halfway to what God wants us to be, or to what God wants us to do. And what's the reason? Because we are perishing due to ignorance, ignorance of His word. And so, if we don't, if we don't know how to study the word, if we don't even know how God does these things, what is that? Aside from limiting God, we also and I've been for the devil to actually do his own work. Praise God. Praise God. So, back to the man's side. Man has been cheated because he doesn't know how to um, study the word. And the reason why is that he, because he doesn't know the word, he will start following different kinds of truths that are not true at all. And from that, the quality of his life begins to diminish. It begins to falter, begins to struggle. Hallelujah. We will continue from here next week. Continue from here next week. There's so much I want to say, but I can't say it. I can't say it. Let us take your up prayer. Thank you.